I don't know what to say, really. Three minutes to the biggest battle of our professional lives all comes down to today. Either we heal as a team or we're going to crumble. Inch by inch, play by play, till we're finished. You know, when you get old in life, things get taken from you. I mean, that's, that's, that's part of life. But you only learn that when you start losing stuff. You find out life's this game of inches. So is football. Because in either game, life or football, the margin for error is so small. I mean, one half a step too late or too early, and you don't quite make it. One half second too slow, too fast, you don't quite catch it. The inches we need are everywhere around us. They're in every break of the game, every minute, every second. On this team, we fight for that inch. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch. Because we know when we add up all those inches, that's gonna make the fucking difference between winning and losing. Between living and dying. Now, what are you gonna do? web.com podcast. That's right. Week 14. And have you caught your breath yet? Because it was an absolutely wild, close, ridiculous finale to the 2023 web regular season. And we are going to break all of that down, Caleb. Yeah, uh, it's set up for one of the greatest finales of all time, and I'd say it lived up to it. You know, we went; a few of us went over to dance for the games, and you know, felt the ebbs and flows of the games. And even then, nothing was really decided. Even and even after Sunday night, not everything was decided. So it came down to the Monday night on the last week of the regular season to decide which five playoff teams were going to make it in, and it didn't disappoint. Explain this to me. How is it that the universe, which is independent of web, finds a way to make this happen more often than not? Because I'm sitting there on set on Sunday watching the two closest games. The two closest games of the week were arguably the two biggest games of the week. The ones with 
the biggest playoff implications. And then the guy who needs to surge and score and win, and he does that for the first time in many weeks. I mean, it it was like everything that needed to happen just seemed to, to happen and to create this unbelievable finale, this unbelievable final few hours of the web season. It was, it was unbelievable to watch it. The script writers went crazy with this one. <laughs> I mean, there were points where it's like, you know, I start the day like an hour in, it's like I'm out of the playoff picture looking at it. Like I'm down by Tim by a lot. Dave and Colin are going. Then there's, there's another play and then it switches to like, wait, is Calvin might be out. And then it's like, Oh wait, Colin or no Dave. And it's like, it was like the, like, I feel like the last day of the Premier League when it's like so close for points to win, like you're watching other games to try and figure out what you need. That's what it was. And even then it was hard to tell because there were like calculations you had to make. There were certain points teams needed to make up. It was, there was so much going on. It was the most uh, wild ending ever. And yeah, web, web never disappoints. All right. So after all of that, we have five playoff teams. 2023. Here's how it ended. One seed. It's been locked in. No surprise. The Insulin Pens. Second conference championship for them. Back to back in the Pac-5. Fourth playoff appearance for the Pens. In the Big Five. It was the Pirate Crew. Undeniable. Sixth Big Five championship for the Pirate Crew and 10th playoff appearance out of 11. That is <laughs> just that is absurd. Just a ridiculous number. The three seed. This is what we're talking about. The champ. The Keel Pros. There was danger of not even being able to defend the belt. And the Keel Pros for the first time in the wild card weekend era will be getting a first round bye and a shot at defending his belt. This is the sixth playoff appearance for the Keel Pros. And in the wild card spots, we have Dirty Dave and the boys finding a way to give this maybe one last shot. He gets the four seed, fourth playoff appearance for Dirty Dave and the legendary milkers. Just about had that nightmare scenario. Came into the week, 99.4% playoff chance, and it took all the way until the end of the Monday night game for him to get into the playoffs. This is the third playoff appearance for the legendary milkers. Yeah. Um, I don't even know. This is it's a hell of a slate. I think, you know, if we look at the playoff committee... <laughs> maybe you know with the injuries cal has you have some questions but uh i mean cal and colin finished like four points apart at the end of the season in total points so um yeah this is gonna be huge i mean dave's last ride you got calvin who's reeling but this has kind of been his big season me sneaking in as the three c when we thought i might be out to try and defend the belt Dan being Dan, and then this is Tim's year. Obviously, week 14 didn't go how he wanted, but it didn't really matter. Um, he needs to get that belt on his pedigree. So this is shaping up to be 
a really fun playoffs. Yeah, it's going to be a great time. We'll talk about it at the end, obviously break it down predictions style. Um, but let's talk about how we got to those five teams before we do that though, quick shout out. Uh, if you have not filled out your web award ballot, be sure to do so before kickoffs on Saturday. This is one of those where there's a few games on Saturday. So don't want to influence any of the voting. It is very close in many of these awards this year. So get those ballots in. Think long and hard. I know I did. Beat myself up over a few of them. Excited to see how it turns out. Certainly not defensive rookie of the year, though. Uh, <laughs> please, can somebody save us in this category? Um, all right, let's do it. So I didn't. There's no game of the week. It was the week of the season, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. And week so, of the <laughs> does that make? I don't know. Yeah, that yeah it really, is. It's, it's the week of the season. W game of the week. Week of the yeah. season. Yeah, week of the season, baby. Week fourteen. <laughs> So let's let's go on a little bit of a journey. Tried to stack these games in the order that things were unfolding. And I'm starting here with the Insulin Pens and the Keel Pros. Because I think on Sunday, this is the one that really started to spice things up. People thought they had a good idea going into the week of kind of how things were going to go and what it might look like. And then that Keel Pros team started putting up some points. And that Insulin Pens projection started falling a little bit. And we got ourselves to a point where it was almost, uh, Tim Tim gave up. Like, Tim was like, I, I lost. And I'm like, buddy, you still got Saquon. Like, just calm down. He did kind of end up making Ugh. it a game. <laughs> you were sweating it out a little bit last night or on Monday night. But Caleb, the champ, takes matters into his own hands brings this thing home with the win of the season and three seed baby no wild card game make it a little bit easier on easier on yourself and what a what a finale for you yeah this was an insane game and if i'm honest you know going into it you don't feel great because tim is you know on this pace to be the best team ever and then it almost feels like it's out of your control. You need, you know, a juicers to pull something out. You need Riley to pull something out. So I won't lie, that was in the back of my mind. But, you know, this team, we've shown we have the firepower or more or less the consistency to put up points in a manner. We really just needed to try and hit the, the pens on the right week. And it, you know, it looked bleak to start the day. But as the game went on, it, yeah, Debo is the one who really put the team on his back here. I mean, back-to-back weeks of over 30 points. He's a huge reason that I even had a chance in this game. And, uh, I mean, that Sunday night, I well, I was driving back from Dan's, but I couldn't get myself to watch that game. I mean, he has Hurts going. He's got CD going. I mean, he's got Parsons going. So I'm like, I can't even watch this. I'm just going to turn some music on the ride home, just check Sleeper every, like, hour or so. And it was just like... Watch, check the projections, like, please go down, please go down, please go down. And even when I got home, I just threw on some YouTube and I was like, let's just have a chill night and check the projections because I couldn't do it. And watching Hurts, basically, uh, you didn't have a really good game. That was pretty much the, the reason I was able to sneak it out, too. Eight points from Hurts, an MVP candidate isn't able to come through. But then on Monday night, obviously, Saquon going. 
I'm not, yeah, I still wasn't out of the water. I'm maybe a fumble away from him maybe sneaking out this victory if Saquon doesn't have that weird fumble. If they go down and score, it's game over. So, um, unbelievable game, unbelievable win. I mean, I feel like I don't have the stats, but I haven't beaten any of the playoff contenders this year outside of Dan earlier in the year. I had a win, but like everyone else, I've come up short. But for whatever reason, this team lately, you look back to last season, when its back is against the wall, it, it finds a way. And here we are, three seed, not even not even in the wild card. We made it to the three seed. So it, it feels great. So much on the line that week. And now we got a week to just catch our breath. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be clear, this team deserves the three seed. This team, the Keel Pros, finishes the season third in scoring and third in war plus. This was the third best team in web entering the postseason, And it's confirmed by the run that you've had. And I mentioned this last week, nobody outside of the insulin pens scored more points in the second half of this season. You were the only team other than Tim to score more than 200 points for the entire final seven weeks of the year. And a big reason for that is your offense, which was criticized. There was a lot of question marks specifically with the running backs earlier in the year. Seven for seven in second half games with a hundred plus points on offense. You, you had a perfect run on that side of things. And that's how you set yourself up for this position. I mean, nine wins, Get the first round by. I mean, this team is cooking right now. Maybe, it, like you said, it's not flashing these massive booms or anything like that. But to be quite honest, not a lot of teams are right now. And these consistent teams like the Pens and like the Keel Pros are going to be dangerous come playoff time. Yeah, it's the second half of the season has been great because it's, I think, outside of week eight, I've been above 190 every week and if you can keep up that consistency you can win any game and um i mean rashad white most improved candidates has been huge for that i mean even i didn't see this coming he's currently rb4 and ppr he gets all the snaps and you know the beginning of the season he was a little inefficient now he's just efficient and Ooh. he's yeah <laughs> you said you <laughs> had some slander on him so i had to throw that in there but that's been a huge step up. Brian Robinson, when, when healthy, was big for the running back spot as well. And then Keenan having the season he's had. And Debo, I mean, if, if this is the Debo, fully healthy Debo, if we have him going like this, anything's possible uh, alongside MVP candidate Josh Allen. So yeah. you roll all that together. Foy for Depoy on defense. Defense has been lacking a little bit, but Bosa had his biggest week in a while. Uh, big cock lock, PJ Lock yeah, comes talk- in for a Talk to me about this, because this is one of the players that swung this game. I mean, when you really think about it, you said Hurts on the other side. Yeah, that's a thing. But there's a 17-point DB on your bench or on your in your lineup that hasn't been in your lineup. Like, it, was this the only first week? Yeah, he, uh, he hasn't been on the team. I just picked yeah, him up. Yeah, you just picked him up because he, he wasn't even playing for the Broncos earlier in the year. He comes in for Kareem Jackson who's suspended and he's had 17 or more points in like every one of those games. Yeah, this is a fine. I mean, the DBs have been kind of in flux. Um, obviously dropped Xavier McKinney and, you know, Cam Curl and Blackman have been really good, but I'm trying to figure out that third spot. And 
saw PJ Locke as we do with Kareem Jackson and out, and I was like, I don't have any worse options. So in comes PJ Locke, and it was like a strip sack on like one of the last <laughs> plays of the Chargers game. Like Tim didn't understand where the points even yeah. came from. He was like, Why did your projections go up so much? And meanwhile, I was freaking out at Dan's house, and they were very confused because they're like, Why does that sack matter? It's like <laughs> I got PJ Locke. So uh, finally, maybe hit one of those starts um, that you know Gabe Davis. Obviously, he's the roller coaster. He's a true roller coaster right now. But I got one of those correct starts in and was able to find a way. <laughs> On the other side of this game, obviously, is the Insulin Pens, who, I mean, they were technically playing for something in this game. They were playing to be the best team ever, and he was very, you know, entrenched in this fight to beat Dan after falling .01 short of him last year. So he was going through it on Sunday, and ultimately what... (laughs) What ends up happening here is something that just builds the tension and the suspense even more because as these teams are battling for playoff position, here's the team that can't be stopped and can't lose and can't stop scoring. Suddenly, now the Pens go into the postseason on a loss, scoring 182 points, which is their lowest since week nine, first loss since week four, I mean, this was a two and two team that just ripped off nine straight wins and then falls here at the at the tail end. I mean, it's just a reminder that anything is possible from this point forward. Yeah, I mean, this is probably, again, just a blip in the radar. Um, a big part of it, honestly, was start and sits. I, I just looked at his max points. If he was started everyone correctly, he scored 182. His max was 270. Like, he could have blown me out of the fucking water. Oh. You know, if he starts Raheem Mostert over Kyron Williams, um, I don't know if I'm on the pod this week because, like, that would have been hell Monday night. Uh, that would have been the difference in the game. But um, I don't know. I mean, this felt like a week where he could have just relaxed. I mean, like, you know, a loss is a loss. Like, I know he's going for the war plus thing, but whatever. You're Like, if you don't win the belt, who fucking cares? And yeah. You know, this isn't how you want it to go, but like you already had the buy, you could just watch the chaos. Is like read the room, maybe like me and Dave are fighting for our lives, and Colin are fighting for our lives over here. And Dan's mad because he, or sorry, Tim's mad because he hasn't had a touchdown in 25 minutes. So I don't know, felt good to beat him, but this team is still scary. Like it's still got all the potential in the world, it's still got all the weapons. No more buys, not really much in terms of injuries. So, um, yeah, it's going to be whoever comes out of that wild card game is still going to have a massive task on their hands. Yeah, nobody, I'm not even going to pretend to come here and be like, are we worried? Like, what's going on here? It's it's upset alert. Um, but the one player that I do want to talk to you about is one of the players that kind of swung this game, and it's Jalen Hurts. And this is... You know, I I think there was some speculation in the media this week, and then he comes out and has kind of a a down performance. I mean, do you read into any of this? Do you think that he needs to be concerned about Hurts heading into the postseason? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, this is still the number two scoring quarterback in fantasy, and even if it's a lot off being a tush-push merchant, like those plays will still come. 
Um, it's had a few rough weeks, but I, I don't think it's one to worry. I don't think you're trying to <laughs> worry about Marcus Mariota taking his job. So <laughs> I think it'll be all right. He's actually, no, he nicknamed him David Carr was right. So maybe no. maybe they do need to panic. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm not too worried about this team, even though he's going to be in an absolute state of panic after this week. But um, you got to be prepared come playoff time and you got to make sure you get those start sits right. And it's tough with a team, you know, the, it's such a deep team, which is great, but it makes you start sits so much harder. Like Evan Ingram too, 28 points this week, um, had 18 last week. Like he's stuffing the stat sheet, but are you going to start him over Kelsey? You probably can't, but this is the guy that's on fire. So now you got to live with, you traded for this guy. Now you got to figure out whether you're going to start him or not. So it's still the best team in web. It's still the most dangerous, but there maybe is a glimmer of weakness in there. Yeah, there. I mean, he is the favorite, unquestionably. It all comes down to the belt, though. It's all about the belt here. Where does he finish this year? 9.51 war plus, which, okay, it's disappointing that he was in position to get the best team ever, but... This is a team that has gone back-to-back seasons with a 9.5 war plus. It's really fucking good. It's the third highest war plus ever. I mean, he has posted the second and third highest war plus totals ever in the last two seasons. So he is still an unbelievable, special, and dominant team that has perhaps never been seen in the history of Webb a belt will help to reaffirm that and solidify his ranks among those elite and legendary web teams. Next game, we go through our journey here on Sunday. And while the Keel pros were turning the tides and starting to throw a wrinkle in what we thought we knew, Dirty Dave and the boys were busy taking care of business because We knew that they needed to win this game and we knew that they needed to score some points because they were behind in points tiebreakers coming into the week. What does Dave do? How about his highest point total, 217.76, highest total since week eight, first week high as well since that point, And he is going into the postseason now with more confidence than he's probably had since that week eight game. Yeah, I mean, like I said, me and him were pretty much in similar seats going into Sunday. You know, a lot of ways this can go. There was a way he could get in with a a loss and stuff like that. But uh, he proved that he's still got one more in him. He proved it. And across the board, you know, the guys you expect, Cooper Cup, 21. McCaffrey, 17. Eckler back to form with 19. And really, honestly, it kicked off Thursday night with Hunter Henry. The spot <laughs> start, this team has been devoid of tight end production all year. You bring in Hunter Henry, who was actually just dropped two days prior by the Dynasty team. You put him in the lineup, he scores 17 points, scores two touchdowns on three receptions. I think that kind of set the tone for this game, and he never really looked back. Yeah, that's that's real. I mean, that was a tone setter. There was a lot of excitement and momentum that came with that. He was even in the chat. Dave, of all people, was in the chat 
yelling about what Hunter Henry was doing. That's how you know how much this meant to him. He knew that this was potentially the end of the road. There were even discussions in week 10. I mean, not that long ago here. There were discussions of, is this even worth it? Do I just try to start recuperating some assets, get a little bit younger now ahead of what's coming here? Because at that point in time, he only had a 25% chance of making the playoffs. He decided to stick with his guys to try to ride this thing out one more time. And what ends up happening here is that he gets himself in, gives himself one more chance. Man, I got to shout out Alex fucking Singleton. Yeah. This player has been such a massive, massive reason why Dirty Dave has found some consistency down the stretch this season. I mean, we've talked about the impact of this defense getting itself up to that plus 80 floor each week in the second half. I mean, then you have weeks like this where the defense this week only scores uh, 78.5 points. And three uh, and a third of that is Alex Singleton. I mean, if you don't have this player, you're talking about one of those 50 point weeks that was that were killing him earlier in the year. I mean, this is such an amazing move to give up a future third, something that will most likely not impact this team to get this sort of a player to help get yourself into the playoffs. It was one of the moves of the season. Yeah, I mean, this is a player if he had been starting all season on on a, on one team. He's a depoy candidate. I mean, the last, especially since the bye, these last few weeks, I mean, 18, 11, 20, and 24, his highest point total of the season. And then outside of that, I mean, it's just 10-plus points every week, plug and play. So that's been unbelievable for this team. Like, it's needed that consistency. And also, Derwin James, like, we have, I feel like we haven't really talked about him this season, but he's still been really good. He scored 14 this week, 17 last week. Like, you have a guy like that in your DB spot in this DB factory – um, and you already got a leg up on your opponents in that position. So uh, if he could just figure out the the DL spot, like that's been kind of a spot this year. Like Will Anderson, obviously, was coming off a big week. He comes back, just has the two QB hits. Um, if he could figure out that recipe at D line, like this this defense is really looking up. Like it was kind of a weakness this year. I think it finished tenth in points, but. How it's performed down the stretch doesn't really reflect that. And I think he's he's close to figuring it out. Yeah, he he dug himself a very deep hole earlier in the year. Like that 10th ranking that he's currently at, like it is not reflective at all of what this thing's doing lately. It has not been that sort of a problem for him. And it shouldn't be as he moves himself into the playoffs now. On the other side of this game, is Herb your enthusiasm? And they come into the week with a chance at the playoffs. Obviously, everything needs to go right. It's not something that anybody is really thinking about. And Dave takes care of business here. But Herb your enthusiasm finishes this season 7-7. Seven and seven. It's the best season in this team's history. He dealt with so much adversity. We know this. We've talked about it at in at length. But for him to overcome all of that and to get himself to seven and seven and to be that next team out. I mean, we'll talk about the dynasty team, but the, the our two expansion teams, they were teams six and seven this season. 
they have got themselves into this position and curb your enthusiasm. It's a very disappointing year, but he has to be encouraged as he looks to the future. Yeah, this just feels like a season that wasn't meant to be. Like these injuries have been unreal. I mean, it, again, it started that Thursday night. Hunter Henry's going off for Dave, and then Alex Highsmith gets hurt early. So, I mean, it kind of has been the story of this season. Grant Delpit gets hurt, and now Herbert's out for the rest of the year. So, I mean, it wouldn't have even mattered, maybe. Jesus. So, it's just not been his year. And, like, he's built a team that, again, we look at and we really like, but. It's so hard to evaluate with all the injuries. Um, I think the main takeaway, I still really like this team. I look at the roster, and I really like the players. Um, Need some guys to step up, maybe, this receiving core. I mean, Michael Pittman, we'll talk about him. He's been unbelievable this season. Uh, Number 11 scoring wide receiver in PPR. I mean, he's just a target hog, reception machine. Um, T. Higgins, he's been dinged up. Like, that obviously didn't work out. I think that's a big part why this – Offense is struggling. And then that receiver three spot, it's like Judy hasn't taken the next step. Hollywood hasn't taken the next step. You know, you bring in Godwin, but you're still not sure what you got there. So there are question marks there, but the, the pieces are still there. He's still got a decent amount of picks. If this is still, I mean, next year it's going to be a playoff contender again. And if he can stay healthy and maybe finally some of these guys take that next step, he's, he's going to be a force. Yeah, this is something I'm looking forward to getting his perspective on when we get into behind the curtain, just because the offense finishes ninth in scoring this year, but we know how much injuries likely played a factor in that. So does he look to continue to improve the offense? Are there areas that he's trying to improve Uh that he's identified as weaknesses heading into the year, or does he just go into the season, hope to be healthy and see what you have here with what you're working with. And so that'll be one of his big questions for this off season. But something that is not a question for this team is the defense. I want to take you through the journey of getting to this point because Herb, your enthusiasm, I mean, the finishes on defense before this year, 11, 10, and 10. Those were his three finishes. He finished this year as the second highest scoring defense in web. It was consistent. It had boom. It had depth. It had superstars. I mean, he had everything on this side working. It was a massive jump. And, and a defense that he can feel very comfortable with moving forward, full of young and exciting players. Yeah, if you would ask me before the season, you know, Riley's offense and defense, uh, one finishes ninth, one finishes second. Mm-hmm. Which one would you expect? And I mean, it's the exact opposite. Um, yeah. This defense, he's completely, like Logan Wilson has been unbelievably consistent. Obviously, Jalen Petrie coming off his D-Roy season. Bobby o- Okariki or Okereke, I can never remember which one is right. He's been an Okereke, yes. He's been an absolute machine this year, too. He's he's in the depoy running. And then the DL spots, like we talked about, he hasn't really been able to pick the right guy some week. Like, he was still the second-best defense with starting, like, the wrong, at least one wrong D-lineman a week. If he, again, it's another team. If he figures it out, like, if he nails that, Josh Allen, um, this could be the number one defense in the league. So it's still a pretty young defense, which is really good to see. I can see all these pieces being like solid for a couple years. So now you got that to build on and just got to 
try and stay healthy and maybe figure out uh, the receiver room. And, you know, you're working with something great. You're like, this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be that year that he takes the next step. And I feel like he just didn't quite get a fair shake with all the injuries he had. So I hope next year's a little, little easier for him. Bobby Okekre. 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 Okay. Whoa. Did I just say a slur? I might have to beat myself. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on. Pirate crew and the legendary milkers. We had all this drama tension building in the pack five, but meanwhile, there was a game that was deciding the big five champion for 2023. Obviously, here the legendary milkers. They get Justin Jefferson back and immediately they lose Justin Jefferson. I mean, we just talked about Herbier enthusiasm and the, the bad luck with some of these injuries this year for the milkers is truly cursed. I mean, what he has had to endure with these players just throughout the season is absolutely insane. And it ends up costing him this game. He loses easily. Still makes it into the playoffs, luckily, but how how worried are we about this team heading into the postseason? Yeah, he's been absolutely screwed by injuries. Like, this is tough to see. Like, JT comes back, he's lighting it up. His team's clicking all cylinders, and then JT gets hurt. Ramondre gets hurt. Justin Jefferson's been out. Now Josh Jacobs is hurt. Mike Williams was also hurt. He traded Mike Williams for Joey Bosa, and Joey Bosa immediately got hurt. Like, this is – what are you supposed to do? This is this is one where you're just trying to fill out a lineup each week, and, and then another guy gets hurt. So, And it's especially tough because this is the team going into the season where, like, you know, it's not very deep. Like, it's going to be tough, you know, if guys go down. Well, now everyone's down, and this team doesn't look the same. It's kind of a shell of itself. Um, so this is going to be – this game coming up against Dave is going to be tough. Like if we had fully healthy Calvin against Dave, I think it'd be a crazy matchup, but all these injuries and question marks now are really muddying the waters for what could have been a magical season. Yeah. I mean, that, that really is the thing is like when we went into the year, we said this team can't, lose anybody i mean like he is like one or two injuries away from disaster and he was able to weather that storm i mean somehow he found a way on the strength of this defense which came kind of came out of nowhere and dak prescott becoming an mvp candidate that was enough to keep him in this in this position to ultimately get himself into the postseason and now you just have to wonder does he have enough juice to really compete. We we thought two weeks ago that he did. We thought two weeks ago he might even win the big five, that he could have that first round bye, that he might even be the most dangerous team in web. And only two weeks later, he's coming off of back-to-back 154s. And it seems like Jefferson's going to play in the playoff, in the wild card game against Dave, but... I haven't heard anything about the running backs. It seems like they could both potentially still be out. And so it's it's tough. It's very tough. You'd like to see this team get to full strength heading into the postseason here, but it does not seem like we're going to be able to have that. 
Yeah, this is another one where you sort of you talked about the defense. Another one, if you'd asked before the season, you know, he finishes third in one and sixth in the other. Which way do you think it goes? And again, it's the opposite. This defense has the number three defense in the league. I mean, that is shocking. And the number six offense, which would be higher if he hadn't dealt with injuries. So, um, I mean, this week, Jaquan Brisker, 27 points. Unbelievable. Like, it's all for not, you know, ends up losing. But 17 and a force fumble. Fred Warner does his thing. And then T.J. Watts, a depoy candidate. You know, if he gets the right mixture on defense, if you get a, a mega Khalil Mack game, a mega T.J. Watt game, and what you expected from T.J. Edwards, Fred Warner, and the boys, like, this defense may be the key to him you know, propelling himself to a win against Dave. And don't forget about playoff Kittle as well. I, I rode his back all the way through the wild card round last year. So if you get that defense playoff Kittle and uh, MVP form Dak, uh, you, you can't count out the milkers. You can't. That's the thing. They've told us all year, you can't count us out. So we're not going to start now. Should be an amazing game against the boys one way or another. On the other side, mention this at the top, it's the reign of terror, and it's not coming to an end anytime soon. I mean, 10 for 11 playoffs for the Pirate crew. I mean, he comes into the year, and everybody knows that this isn't going to be the same team. I mean, 9.88 war plus, greatest team of all time, 2022. Comes in, finishes 5.95 in war plus, which is still exceptional. It is, it is like two thirds of what he was last year. And yet it's still one of the all time great totals. And he collects another big five championship. I mean, when you really think about it, there's been a lot of conversation about the pens and then the, the, the milkers stir it up. And then the keel pro stir it up. The pirate crew really hasn't lived in the limelight much this year, but this is their time. And they're showing everybody right now why they are still as dangerous as they've ever been. Yeah, you know, I questioned this team a couple of weeks ago. You know, he had been consistent, like 200s, 190s, that sort of thing. Like, does this team still not just have the juice anymore? And then it went and scored 240 the week before. So it's like we knew that this team now we know this team does still have that spark. 192 week this week, another productive outing. And it's a little scary what we're figuring out here. Like Derek Henry, a guy we questioned in December, has been phenomenal. Joel Mixon, a guy we questioned uh, the past few weeks, has been great. 20 points this week, 26 the week before. Uh, DK, who I've questioned, uh, he's been really good the second half of the season, obviously. So uh, the offense is starting to hit its stride. The defense is obviously the defense. You know, uh, another under-the-radar move we talked about um, Singleton with Dave, Robert Spillane was another one of those linebackers for a third. He scores 20 this week. I mean, 12, 16, 20. Like, this guy's been a machine since he came into the to the Pirate crew. So we already know the defense is going to be good. The offense, you know, you got Tyreek Hill, MVP, doesn't even have that big of a week this week. He's got the running backs who seem like they're hitting their stride again. And then if you can just get Patrick Mahomes to figure it out, this team is ultra dangerous. Right now it's dangerous, but if, if Mahomes can turn it on for the playoffs, uh, teams might be in trouble. Well, teams, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that Spillane move, I mean, we I got caught a little bit of flack for that this last weekend because it was like I, we called it the Geno trade. This was like a backup quarterback trade with a linebacker thrown in. And then Dan said, wait a minute, no, 
This was the Robert Spillane trade with a Geno Smith thrown in. And that really sums up Robert Spillane's year. He has not gotten any respect. He's not gotten any conversation. And yet he ends here a, a very prominent feature of this number one scoring defense right now, a player that's in the most improved player race right now at the linebacker position. I mean, finishes can, the year. I can show out one more defensive yeah, player here. Do it. Jesse Bates has yep. been insane. 14 this week, 16 the week before, 29, 15, 10. Like these are absurd point totals for a DB who's been kind of, you know, mid, I feel like the last couple of years. And now he just completely turned it on this year. So uh, having that, you know, the start Cam Bynum had before you picked him up in guillotine, like he was <laughs> phenomenal. And then Kyle Duggar has been solid as well. So, yeah, this defense is, is special. Yeah, I mean, and 91.9, that's where he ends. Number one scoring defense was 3.9 points per game above number two. I mean, he, he ran away with it. He ran away with it. It was the second highest uh, scoring defense of all time behind his own uh, 94 points per game defense from a couple of years ago. So uh, this is a, a weapon in and of itself. I mean, there's been several teams here that have these very strong defenses that have kind of propped them up all year. The pirate crew is one of those teams and more so than, you know, the rest of them even, but What's what's scary here, and you mentioned this with Mahomes, the offense has also picked it up. And you rattled off, you know, we jinxed DK, now he's unstoppable. Derrick Henry, he's here. I mean, he's finding these these players that were question marks for him earlier in the year when we had some questions about it. This final four-game stretch here, four-game winning streak that he's ending the season with, Scoring 124.65 on the offense per week. That is in contrast to his 109.2 for the entirety of the season. So he has elevated this offense nearly 15 points per game uh, over the last four weeks going into the playoffs. So the offense looks more dangerous than it has all year. The defense still looks great. And if we get some vintage Mahomes, in week 16 and week 17, it could be very deadly for the rest of Webb. That leaves us with just one game that had implications in week 14. And wow, that that's all I can say is wow. I mean, when we talked about this, it was like, well, the Q pros have the pens and they're probably not going to win. And the dynasty team has the juicers and they're probably going to win. So do the math here. And who's going to make the playoffs? The juicers decided to play spoiler to Collins playoff dreams. And after a season's worth of adversity and catching up after that early hole that he fell into that one in four start that he had, I mean, for him to even crawl back to this point was amazing in and of itself, but it makes it even more heartbreaking to fall just one game short. Yeah, this is a brutal one for Khan. I feel for him, you know, first chance at playoffs and web, you know, you've been building this team and uh, he said, you dug yourself a hole this season. He's just 
found a way to claw and scratch his way back into the playoff picture, but unfortunately just wasn't able to get that that last win. And I, it's tough. I mean, he was the fifth scoring team in the league. Like I said, Cal, or Calvin was right there. So it was a toss-up between those two. And I think he, the team just slowed down a little bit in the second half of the season. You know, we hadn't seen a 200-point performance from this team since week eight. And through that stretch, you're looking at, you know, a 161 win, a 155 win, a 180 loss, a 190 win, 175, and 165. Like, these aren't quite playoff team totals, if we're being honest. Like, the, he he was at, he struggled through the non-conference schedule, but got into Big Five play and was able to rattle him off. But it this team, just for whatever reason, couldn't capture everything together at once. Yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, he went 6-2 and two in the Big Five. This is what... We expected this is why it seemed like one in four was not insurmountable because he had this big five waiting for him. He took care of business, man. I mean, like the only loss that he had going into this week in the big five was week 11, and that was against the pirate crew. So he had beaten the milkers twice. He had beaten every other team that he needed to beat the money makers and the men of mystery and the juicers earlier in the year, but man, just a perfect scenario, a perfect storm scenario here in week 14, where, like you said, the team really has not been performing all that well, uh, as of late. I mean, he's been getting wins against these weaker teams, but when you talk about points per game, I mean, final six weeks of the year, averaging 171. Point six, And the first eight games, he was averaging 192.42. So more than 20 points per game he lost down the stretch this year. So he's getting those wins in the big five, but the team is regressing on a performance level. So that ultimately, you know, it he, he had points. He had points. It, he, he did edge out the milkers still. He had a little bit of a cushion from that early part of the season, but that the win is where he falls short. And here is the point of the program, Caleb, where I have something to share from the dynasty team. It looks to be an extensive statement. So producers cue the music. I want to say the right things and be happy about the season the dynasty team had but i can't help but be disappointed the thought that this team was so close to our playoff aspirations being realized and having those aspirations crushed is disappointing i wouldn't say i am upset about how the season ended but there is a level of disappointment with how the team performed I do my best to separate emotions from the game since there's only so much you can do to control your own destiny. But Monday night was heartbreaking on many levels. Web.com is one of the things I spend much of my energy and time on, and I know everyone else in this league is doing the same. That being said, having the playoffs so close and to not reach them is hard. I know it's only one year, and the beauty of Dynasty is that there's always next year, but the stars almost aligned for the Dynasty team this year. When everybody was rooting for Carter 
to make the sliver of a possibility possible, I sat quietly trying to avoid all of the jinxes and karma that comes when anybody says anything in web. I was thinking quietly it's the Dynasty team's chance to make the playoffs. Even without the bad karma, the, st- the team still couldn't get it done. I will continue to grieve the playoff chance that slipped through our fingers, but just know the Dynasty team will be back next year and will be better than ever. The season wasn't lost in one game, and there are many improvements to be made and many coin flips that we hope will fall in our direction next year. Thank you, everybody, for putting on an incredible show and making web.com the best league on earth. Wow. That's, yeah, he didn't have to do that, but I'm, I'm glad he did. You know, that's a, it's a big move. You know, it's writing that's probably tough, you know, a, a day after it's happening. And we all know that feeling, maybe not Dan as much, but <laughs> um, when, you know, you put so much time into this, like even in the summer, but it's like every Sunday, September through December, you're locked in, you're making trades, you're, you know, this is a grind. This is like basically a job. And like, you're trying so hard to to just make the playoffs and then see where it goes from there to to be so, so close and have it, you know, just ripped away from you is is tough. You like it and then it's over. It's just like there's no moves you can make. There's nothing you do. You just watch from the sidelines. And it's it's a tough feeling. And luckily this team, you know, this was the first year towards what we're expecting of this team. Like this it's interesting that the start of this year, it was, you know, really promising. Like, it was losing games, but it was scoring points, and down the stretch couldn't put it together. But you look at it, you still got BreTM, still got Puka Nakua, possible Olroy. Um, hopefully, Stefan Diggs can pick it back up where he left off um, next season. Devonta Smith, like, this is still a really good team. And, you know, there are issues that he'll have to get through, but this is still a young team. This is a young franchise still you know, making making its way through web. And sometimes you have to pay your dues in web. And this was one of those occasions where it just wasn't meant to be, but th- the future is still bright. Yeah, I mean, it the, the statement says everything. I mean, you grind, you give everything. And for an expansion team, and Riley knows this, and Colin knows this, to grind your way from where you started with this piece together pile of nothing to get to this position to even have a shot at fighting to make the playoffs for a shot at the belt i mean that journey deserves to be recognized the next step for these teams will be getting into the playoffs and and having a shot at making that dream come true but right now let's just appreciate the work that these teams have done to get themselves to this position i mean the dynasty team Finishes this season fourth in War Plus. This was a top four War Plus team in web this year. Uh, And he's not going to like to hear this, but this is only the second time that a top four War Plus team has missed the playoffs in the expansion era. The first being Parker in 2020, I believe. So it's been three years and the silver lining to that is you put yourself in a position that nine times out of 10, nine, you know, 99 times out of a hundred gets you into the playoffs, do that again next year and luck might go your way. So 
Um, you know, disappointing, but overall impressive season for the dynasty team. And on the other side of this game, it's this little fucker, man. <laughs> just, one last fucking chance to just throw a wrench in everything. I mean, it's a five and nine team that just had an unbelievably weird season that controversies along the way had the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. I mean, what do you do with them? Like I said, we've talked about this team for quite a few weeks. It's like, it seems like next year, you know, that's going to be the year we find out what this team is. Like, I think we saw a precursor this week, a little bit out of the offense, James cook, 22, Jameer Gibbs, 15, all the receivers with 10 plus eight chain. You know, there's no doubting the talent on this roster um, with a Trevor healthy Trevor Lawrence as well. So, um, yeah, this is going to be interesting. Like we're the defense obviously is still an issue. Um, it's got the names, but it hasn't been able to put together. So this is a, you know, it's a positive note to go on. You know, he doesn't have his own pick or anything. It doesn't really mean anything, but it feels to go good. You know, it's not a huge t- point total, but you see the promise from these guys. You see the core starting to do things. And if he can finally put it together next year, like this is always a sneaky team. Like it was a sneaky team this week against Colin, who's fighting for his life. So the juicers are always there. Let's see if he can put out a statement next season. Yeah, we'll talk to him this offseason about where he is at. I mean, he had hopes of competing this year, maybe a little bit ambitious given the state of the league, but I think definitely 2024, there is an opportunity for this team, and you see it this week. Like you said, this core looked great this week. These guys, his young players that he's drafted, invested in, they all had good weeks. And if you put Trevor Lawrence in this lineup, I mean, the ankle was a concern, so he opts to go with Goff this week. Trevor ends up playing. It's a 14-point gap between Goff and Trevor. That's a 190 for this team to end the year. So uh, a solid week turns into a pretty good week with that quarterback in the lineup. So the big question, obviously, and this is no surprise, but it's going to be the number one thing. Hey, welcome to behind the curtain, Carter. What are you going to do to fix this defense? Because uh, finishes the year 70.1 points per game, third consecutive season finishing 11th or 12th on defense. This is a prolonged problem. He's tried to address it, but what he's done is not working, and he needs to figure out how to do a Riley. He needs to figure out how do I turn 11 or 12 into four or three next year. And if he can do that, this is a serious threat. As a plane flies over my Hey, apartment. we're back. We're hey. back. It's so loud. Um, finale. Yeah. Again, and there was points on defense on the bench as well. Like Montez sweat has come on really strong with the bears. Um, you had Kenneth Murray with 19 on the bench. So like, Again, there's names. I just can't quite figure it out. So, yeah, next season is going to be big for this. Like you said, it, this he thought this would be the year where maybe he can sneak his way in. Next year, I think you got to be, like, right there or you're going to end up wondering, like, is this team ever going to take that next step? That's where we're at. So we'll find out. A lot of anticipation for the Juicers 2024 campaign. Uh 
next two games on the slate, they don't mean much in week 14. We don't need to spend a ton of time on them. These teams will do their talking in a few months when we start to ask them where they are and where they're planning to go with the teams that they have. All four teams currently in the midst of some phase of a rebuild. Um, and we're going to start in the pack five talking about David Wilson, Batman and the rebel Alliance. Now the good news this week, the big story here, we talked about this last week, Josh was trying to avoid something that he had not done since 2016. And he did it. He won this game. He did not lose his seventh consecutive game would have been the first time that had happened since that seller dweller era for this team. So he's able to go out on a positive note, but it is a long road ahead. And there are a lot of unanswered questions for the rebel Alliance. Yeah, it's, it's going to come down to who he decides to, to move on with. Cause you know, there's still a lot of things this team needs. So, you know, you see Lamar score 36 points this week. That's, that's really great to say. He looked, he looked locked in, but you know, is Lamar the guy? You know, he says it says Captain Web Factor on here, but you know he'd fetch a fetch a pretty penny in Web. And then Max Crosby too is the other big one. He scores twenty nine this week. Um, you know, to to rebuild this team, sometimes you have to make moves that you don't want to, and those are the pieces where if you really want to take the rebuild seriously, you might have to move on with one of them. So. Um, luckily we don't have to make that decision anytime soon if you're the rebel Alliance, but you know, it's going to be sitting in the back of his mind as he tries to move this team into the, to its next era. Yeah. As the brain switches to off season mode, those questions will start to get, you know, very prevalent. He, he'll be spending a lot of time thinking about that. Who are the guys? Can I do it? Can I get myself to move on from these foundational pieces? Part of a, a past era, a past team, a team that won a championship uh, not that long ago. But um, a player that I want to shout out here real quick is Antoine Winfield Jr. Because I don't think he got enough respect this year on the pod. And I mean, when you talk about defensive player of the year candidates, he might not be number one. But he deserves to be pretty high on that list. The, what he did, the number one scoring DB this year, a playmaker, I mean, had a huge week again this week. It's just these difference-making DBs can be so valuable at positions in which most of Webb is just starting nobodies, random guys hoping for tackles, hoping for 10 points out of their DBs. Guys like this who can get up into that 20-point range frequently are really special. And I just I this is a guy that he drafted. It's a fourth-round pick that comes in. This is a very, you know, it's it's one of the success stories of Webb, and, and he's he's realizing it right now. Yeah, I'm interested to see where DB discourse goes in the future. Cause I think we've been, you know, the last couple of years, it's been like I wouldn't move anything for a DB. Like DBs aren't important, but you know, you look at it like the average DB is probably scoring seven, eight points a week. This guy's putting up like prime linebacker numbers in DB spot, like 17 this week, 29 the week before. Like he's been a machine. So 
this gives you a leg up on other teams that are, you know, maybe not looking at the DB position as hard. And I'm not sure what that equates to in picks, you know, if this is a player he would move on, but uh, it's definitely a player that, you know, we didn't talk about enough this year and it should be pretty high up in the depoy voting. On the other side of this game is David Wilson, Batman, who, I mean, five and nine. It's the same finish as the juicers, but you talk about two different trajectories to get to five and nine. I mean, David Wilson, Batman comes into the year with expectations, has a shiny Bijan, has a Devonte Adams coming back into the fold. And it just, uh, in a similar fashion to his pack five counterpart, Riley, there was just a lot of injuries, bad luck, uh, t- things taking turns for the worse. And I mean, the silver lining here, the five and nine campaign disappointing year is that he is coming back into next year with uh, a third and a fourth overall pick into this roster, which already looks good. Get fully healthy, get this offense stacked to its full potential. And he should be right back in the mix in 2024. Yeah, season didn't go how he expected. Thought this might be a, another dark horse playoff team or even just like a playoff team. But injuries really didn't shake out that way. You know, Joe Burrow having that slow start really tanked this offense with him and Jamar Chase. And then Burrow finally gets going and then he gets hurt. You know, Jalen Phillips, you bring him, him and he looks amazing. He gets hurt like across the board. It's just been a tough year. But you look at the lineup and you see the pieces and you see the guys he took in the second round, Jaden Reed and Josh Downs making impacts for this team. You see Bijan, who's offensive rookie of the year candidate, and then you still got Christian Watson, who had came on late before he got hurt, and then he figured out the defense somehow. He broke that scoring defensive record. So um, a lot to be excited about with this team and then inserting whatever he decides to do with those first-round picks. Like, um, he's really building something here uh, at David Wilson Batman. Yeah, I mean, this is a, you forget the history here with this team. This is a, a a legendary web franchise that is now kind of coming to the end of its rebuild. It's it's now getting to that point where it's time to start, you know, getting back into that picture. I think we can expect that next year. And man, I, I got to give a just a quick little case here for Frage and the work that he did this year in in the GM of the year race. I mean, there's a lot of deserving uh, GMs this year as there usually is. I mean, there's, we got some good ones here in web, but for, for him to go out and and not only, you know, secure Bijan, secure that piece that was, it seemed like it was an infathomable, you know, goal to get Bijan. If you didn't have that pick, he does that immediately plugs that into this team, which already has these stars and then doesn't stop there. Get some nice hits. Like you said, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs. These are players that they might not be lineup mainstays yet, but they could be moving forward alongside of Jamar chase and these other players that he's going to be bringing in. So really great work through the draft and with trades this year for Frage. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the result that he was looking for, but this was a positive year and one which improved the health of David Wilson, Batman. The final game that we need to talk about for Webb's 2023 regular season is a game that all I'm saying is where the fuck was this juicers win last week? Because if the juicers win last week, 
and Parker blows the doors off the moneymakers, I get the number one pick. So that would have been great because where the hell did this come from, men of mystery? He has done this twice now this season where he scores like 130 points every week. Uh, week 10, he scored 201, and now this week he scores 195. So it's like all these conversations we've had like the past few weeks, it's like, oh, if he doesn't hit on these draft picks, like, oh, he's, shit, he's screwed. It's like, well, out of the last like five weeks, he's eclipsed 190 twice with a bare-bones roster. Think of what he can do with even some decent players. So uh, I think this is honestly the perfect scenario for Parker to end the season. You know, he clinched the number one pick. And then he sees a promising game, 195. Um, Zay Flowers looked great. Odell looks like kind of Odell of old. And then Chris Olave contributing as well. Jake Ferguson also, who we jinxed into having a couple solid games here, um, looks like he might be a foundational piece at the tight end spot. And also Harold Landry has been coming on in the second half of the season. So we're finally starting to see some signs of life out of this team. And that's with none of these picks being used yet. Like, we don't really know what the core looks like. So if we can put up these kinds of point totals with this roster, boy, oh, boy, when you get some picks in there, we could be in for something. It's hard to to end on a better note. You know, it's a a terrible season. He's feeling it. You know, he's in the midst of this thing. Negative 8.3 war plus this year. I mean, just miserable enduring this season. And then get to this point the last stop on the ride and to put up this total and kind of just give yourself a little bit of that. You know what? I'm not that far away. If this all breaks right, I could be in it quicker than people think. And this defense this week is, is what does it. I mean, one Oh four on the defense kind of comes out of nowhere. Harold Landry, like you said, has a big game and uh, this was his highest defensive total since week 10 of 2021. So there's that, but then also you go to the offensive side and Zay flowers. I mean, he, he had a nice finish to the year. I mean, back to back weeks here, 20 and 17 for Zay flowers. So a pick that, you know, we, we've talked about it. He goes up, makes that trade, kind of puts his stamp on him, says, this is my guy brings him in and to see him now start to add a little bit of point totals with this performance. So it seems like he's been a good player this year, just hasn't been scoring a ton. Now the points are starting to come. You go into next season with that, uh, that core that Dave outlined last week, that Marvin Harrison, Jr. Chris Olave, Zay flowers. Suddenly it's like, okay, we might be cooking here with some gas. So uh, positive stuff to end a, an otherwise uh, sad year for the men of mystery. Sad year for the moneymakers, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, glad this one's fucking over. I'll tell you that. Um, it's all part of the process. Trust the process. We get it. Uh, but it sucks getting a week low this week because I had managed to escape that for the entirety of this rebuilding season. This is actually the first week low from the moneymaker since week nine of 2019. Wow. So it was a little bit of a, uh, a game inside the game this whole year. I've been trying to avoid that week low and it, we get to the last stop here, the last week. And that's of course, when it happens, obviously the, the Texans, the injuries, not great, but um, all in all, 
encouraging signs out of the money makers. Maybe not this week, but well, kind of this week. Though, how about those Falcons players, Caleb? <laughs> huh? What do you think about them? Well, first of all, you're welcome, Kyle Pitts. <laughs> like undefeated jinxer right here. Pitts goes for you 50- and Dave. You both jinxed. Yeah, Dave- I got the Pitts jinx and the London jinx. London has the best game of his career, ten for one seventy-two. Pitts has one of his best games of the season, 57 in a tutty. Um, it was funny, you know, there's so much on the line Sunday. Me and Dave fighting for playoffs spots. Tim, you know, trying to get that record. And then there's you fucking going nuts every time one of your guys. Something that's like, I don't want the week low, man. You're just fighting tooth and nail not to get the week low. So that was kind of fun to watch. It's unfortunate that streak comes to an end. But, again, we're looking at this team and, a team that I think also, if we're talking about GM of the year contenders, I mean, what you've done this season to sort of build this core, um, offloading some pieces that really didn't have a future on this team, like Madison and and other guys like that. You cashed out on the right time on some guys. You've got the building blocks there. Now we just need Arthur Smith to get fired, and uh, we might be cooking with something. I saw the fucking report today, man. Arthur Smith's job seems to be safe unless there's a collapse. And then I'm like, just fucking put a bullet in my head already. Just why do <laughs> I have to do this? But, uh, you know, I again, if they get a quarterback could change things. I mean, you see London this week. Obviously, that's a huge sign for for this offense and the future of this team on the defensive side of things. There's some work to do. And it doesn't get talked about when you're in a rebuild because usually this is just what happens. You strip, you know, Singleton goes and Cam Curl goes and suddenly you're the 11th ranked defense. But that's something that, you know, needs to be addressed. Now, one player that's done quite a bit to address that is a player who didn't factor into my lineup this week. And it was Ivan Pace Jr. I mean, he gets back relegated to a bench spot. Nick Bolton comes off of IR. I got a Patriots Thursday spot. I got a hit up, and that leaves 27 points by Ivan Pace on my bench. But what a fucking unbelievable player. I mean, I, I can't believe UDFA to this and maybe a building block for this defense as we look to retool it and figure it out on that side. Yeah, it is crazy. I mean, it shows how wrong the NFL can even get it. The fact that this guy, I mean, you talked about our cap dynasty a ton, but like the tape was incredible. He was just undersized and that's enough to drop him out of the draft. So uh, obviously the Viking, I mean, it took a little bit for him to get there. He gets signed with the Vikings. He needs someone to get hurt in front of him. But now that he sees the opportunity, three weeks at 100% snap share, 13, 17 and 27 to cap off the season, he looks legit. So that's great to see. And even Sidney Brown, another guy, if we're talking about development of pieces, he got some run with Reed Blankenship out and had eight tackles uh, on just 71% of snaps. So uh, while the, there is some work to do, there are at least pieces here where it's like, yeah, I could see this being a foundation for this defense. There it is, man. Wow. 2023 web regular season is in the fucking books. 14 weeks of our lives gone. All the, the months, the all the stress and the trades and the draft and the panicking and all of that just to lead up to 14 weeks of nonstop action ending at this point with five teams remaining. Five teams. And we're going to break it all down right now because it's, it's, it's a lightning round playoff Done. edition. Baby, 
Um, just a quick reminder, we don't come back after next week. We come back after the first, the official first round. I don't know if this is like March Madness where like the wild card is the first round and this is the second round. I'm calling it the first round. When we get two teams, we'll come back. We'll talk about how we got there, and then we'll talk about the championship game matchup. So this is our last opportunity to speak before that point. So now's the time, Caleb. We got to talk about what we think is going to happen in the web postseason. I guess let's just do it. Yeah. How about Dave and Dave and Calvin? I mean, that's the one we got coming up. It starts tomorrow. It starts today, the day you're listening to this. There's going to be some points on the board in a web playoff matchup coming up real soon. We kind of alluded to it a little bit. Calvin down bad, but looks like he's going to have Jefferson back. So what do you think about this matchup? You know, like I said earlier, I wish it was a full-strength Cal so we could see these two teams really going at it. But when you look at the projections, it's still 166 to 160 within Dave, well, in Dave's favor. So that's still pretty close. You look at the average points in the season, they're neck and neck, 184 to 183. Um, like I said, it's going to need to be Calvin's defense that's going to have to step up and, and Dak and play off Kettle. Like I think that's the recipe for him to find a way to win this game. But I just think Dave is kind of peaking at the right time see a lot of green in the matchups um, against these teams, which usually is a good sign. So I'm going to take uh, Dave to, to win the wild card round and, and try to keep this uh, last dance going. Yeah, it's, da- it's a dangerous place to be if you're the boys to hear the pod unanimously picking you against the team that has been sort of the ultimate underdog this year in the Milkers. But I'm going to pick the boys as well. I think they're finding their stride at the right time. Meanwhile, the milkers kind of falling apart a little bit at the worst time. Kind of a perfect recipe here, but don't count them out yet. Dak and this defense can do wonders. So it should be a close game, but I'm going to take Dave to win, which leads us to the same question, Caleb, which is the pens versus the boys. (laughs) Well, if, if that's how the first game goes, we're looking at rematches on both sides of the playoffs. Tim versus Dave and me versus Dan. Some teams looking for revenge. <laughs> some teams looking for that elusive belt. So if this does play out like this, this is a is an awesome matchup. Um, you've got Tim looking to get that cap off this incredible season. And you're looking for, at Dave trying to have a magical run and what could be his last chance for a little bit. So... It's, I think it could go either way, honestly, with how Dave is looking. I mean, he would have beat him this week, and I don't know. Webb has a way sometimes of just generating these amazing storylines, and I don't think Tim being the most dominant team and winning the belt is the most fun storyline. So I've got the last dance, Dirty Dave, going to the championship game. He did it last year, man. Nobody thought he could, and he did it last year going to be a hell of a game again uh but i gotta take the pens it's not the fun story it's not the underdog story but it's his story and he missed it last year but he's gonna get himself into position for at at least a chance at it this year give me the pens to beat the boys 
And we got that other rematch you're mentioning here. The team that knocked off the greatest team in web history on his way to web championship number one. The Keel Pros draws the Pirate Crew here again. Can Lightning strike twice? I can go first, Caleb. Go for it. And I took the Pirate Crew in this matchup. I think Lightning does not strike twice in both of these matchups. I think we got the fun, wild, wild west scenario last year. This year, we get that infamous and uh, much anticipated matchup between the Pens and the Pirate Crew. Yeah, you know, you talked about Lightning striking twice against uh, the Pirate Crew. It kind of did. I mean, I beat them earlier this season, and then I beat them in the playoffs last year. So now I'm looking for Lightning to strike three times. I, I feel <laughs> it's like I kind of had this team's number, but uh, obviously you can't overlook the Pirate Crew. And this is, like, such a good matchup, I think. You know, you look at the point totals our two teams have had in the second half of the season. Like, they're, they're so close. Like, we're so consistent. We're hovering right around that 200 point mark so i think this game is gonna be a nail biter a super good game uh not maybe not a nuclear scoring affair but just a high scoring affair that's gonna come down to the end and i have to pick myself we're gonna we're gonna do lightning three times and for my playoffs i've got a rematch of last year's championship New there it day. is back to back dave caleb two the rematch around the world 60 dollars on pay-per-view <laughs> Who are you? Well, no. You know what? I'm going to save you for last again. I'm not going to make you do this right now. I'll go first. I got the I got the uh, chalk matchup. One versus two. Pens versus Pirate Crew. It's the biggest rivalry in web. It doesn't get to happen that often. But, God, it would be incredible if we could get it in a title game, which has not happened since 2013 the wow. inaugural season of web where it's that's where it all started man he, tim launched into a rebuild because he lost <laughs> the dan in the title game i gotta pick the pens uh I, I this is their year this is their story we thought last year you know this was their moment pirate crew and the pens against one another we might get it this year but no matter what I feel like it is the Pens year. They need to bring this home, cement the legacy, cement themselves as the greatest team we've ever seen in web with this title. So I'm taking Tim and the Insulin Pets. Didn't realize Parker was on this pod and chalky over there. Uh, <laughs> uh, but that, in all seriousness, that would be, you know, people felt like they were maybe robbed of that finale last year. And... It would be fun to see those two big rivals face off for, you know, what happens if Tim loses that game? Does it spiral into another rebuild? Or if Tim wins that game, he has that that belt to hang over Dan. So that would be an incredible game. But for my bracket, it's a rematch of the championship game. Um, you got Dave going for that first championship. Um, and you got me trying to go back to back. And... I mean, I'm going to pick myself. I have to. Uh, there's something about my team when backs are against the wall. Lately, we found a way, and we're going to try and make this run again. But Dave, again, is no slouch. He's going to be giving it his all. You know, two managers. I feel like we have great respect for each other. You know, 
every week in our matchups, we're snapping back and forth, like, hey, good luck, hope no one gets hurt, like, there's no bullshit, do something, there's no dumb, like, that, there was some jinxes last year, maybe, from that, like, you don't get any of that from us, it's, it's how you see it, and that's how a web championship game should be, but I'm gonna take myself uh, to go back to back. Ten years of web, six instances of a repeat a, a champion involving a repeat scenario so it seems to happen more often than not can kayla be the latest installation in the two time champions club here in web that's what we're going to find out but one thing is for certain there will be one team playing for its first web championship in the web title game, no matter if that is the Insulin Pens or Dirty Dave and the Boys or the Legendary Milkers. One of those teams that I just said will be in web's championship game makes it always exciting knowing that there is a chance that another team can taste that sweet web immortality. It's going to be an incredible postseason. All of these teams deserve to be here. They're all great teams in their own ways. They're all, they all have an ability and a path that where you can see them going to the championship. And so I'm ready for it. I'm ready to lock in. I hope all of our playoff teams are ready for it. We're going to come back in two weeks, like I said, break down the playoff action thus far and then talk about our championship game. So Caleb, best of luck, my friend. Don't let that belt go too easy. Yeah, I, you know, it really came to me, you know, when my playoffs were in doubt, it's like, you know, this might be the last time I really get to use it. So I'm glad we at least have that for another couple weeks and uh, hope to hold on to it. I really, really do. You never know. When it's going to come back after it leaves. That's the scary part, but that's also the fun part. So here we go. Let's do it. Web Playoffs 2023. Best of luck. Let's make it a great week or two.